0: to Winging It, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your host, Annie Finberg, joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Vince Carter.
1: BC in the house.
0: And with us today is the very lovely, the very talented Carrie Champion.
2: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on. I don't know yes. where to attribute you to right now because we don't know exactly what you're doing, right?
2: Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I work for NBC. Uh, I have a show coming out with DJ called Titan Games. who did it last year and they're pretty much my family now.
0: So you're like NBC then?
2: And
0: a Coco, my dog. And that's yeah. Coco. <laughs> She's
2: also a part of this as well. She'll be a part of this entire
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Anyway, how's it going? What's everyone up to, Vince? Did you have a great day?
1: Yeah, the same as yesterday. Same routine. No, no, no. Actually, I didn't go outside today. Uh, I mean, I walked to the mailbox and uh, put the trash back up. That's nice. that was it. I didn't do much today. A lot of uh, computer time today. So that's what I was limited to.
0: Were you playing games on your computer?
1: No, 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 no. Like in, interviews, and you know, Ooh. Zoom has been my very good friend.
2: Are you over Zoom right now? I know I am. I'm tired. I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm getting there. Uh, I'm not like nap. You know, you can make backgrounds. When I was when I was down, yes. I was going to put a background up from one of my pictures I took today when I was on a run, and it said "We're all in this together," but it just looked weird and cheap. So I was like, I guess
1: yeah. I <laughs> but see, I, I, I've been saying this. Uh, you you can get away with cheap what looks cheap and weird yeah, because right. they're like okay because you know it is what it is so
0: the problem with those backgrounds is like you have to sit completely still because if you move it like doesn't quite catch up with you as fast so oh,
2: that's funny i love it i'm on it i'm gonna try it next time my next zoom important call i'll do it how are you where, <laughs> who are you where are you right now i know you're in atlanta right now are you uh, yeah i was there for um like for a month before a human knew this was happening i was there like the entire month of february filming so that was crazy. Like, I yeah. I mean, can you guys just believe what's happening? Are you out of your
1: minds? <laughs> I can't. I mean, it, it, like like we talked about it probably a couple of weeks ago. I guess it's been a couple of weeks now. You know, when it hit and you heard about Gobert, it was just like, man, okay. But for us that were playing that night, we weren't as well educated on everything that could possibly happen. You know, blah, blah, blah. You just hear, oh, this the season's going to shut down for a while okay, cool. The next morning you start hearing more information in the following week. And then after a while I was like, oh, this is real. And, you know, then it said, well, we'll see, we'll see what happens in the next month or two. So that's when the reality hit for, for me personally, I think a lot of us, and, you know, as you start seeing more commercials and, and, and more information about the importance of staying home and washing your hands. And I think that's when it becomes a real deal.
2: The same for you, or were you kind of like, oh no, I, or when the football, I mean, football, when they cancel basketball, they're like, okay, or postponed. Let's use the right word postponed. I was like, okay, no, it's real. But I was in New York the week, like, I came home from New York on Sunday, where it's the epicenter. I came home that Sunday. And Monday, I started to feel like, I don't feel well. But can I say something? Is that mental? Because everybody felt that at one yes, point? Yes, I did. No,
1: that's, that's, yeah, absolutely. It's like every little thing, it's like one little sneeze or whatever, because obviously, uh, the pollen here was awful, so it's like people see you sneeze. like, I was like, it's the pollen. Relax, you know. But you did. You, but at the same time, you, you, you're not sure.
2: No, heck no! You sneezing like what? I I know damn well I was
1: fucking.
2: <laughs> I swear, I swear, I was sneezing. I was, I was like, can I taste? Everybody else's symptoms were my symptoms. I was like, you're right. I can't taste. You're right. I can't taste well. But I'm like, what am I talking about? I'm fine. Like, but everyone's symptoms were my sy- symptoms. I call my best friend. She's like, my. My chest is tight. I'm like, you know what?
1: I'm done watching the news. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 how it's been for me. Just you know, we get a, we get updated by the team and and by the players' association. But I mean, you you watch TV and obviously you hear all the sad stories. You can scroll on social media and and just see, you know, good and and and, and bad, positive or you know or otherwise. And it's just like, whew, Sometimes it's too much. Got to take a break. Yeah,
2: you do. You Got to how are you doing? How are you holding
0: up? Oh, I'm good. I'm great. I'm glad our podcast is back and we're zooming. No pun intended. But yeah, no, we've we're, we've been good. We're so glad to have you on. I watched your Instagram live. I think that was yesterday that you went live, or the oh, day before. Yeah. I do
2: what I've been doing on my on my wait on my foundation or my uh, me just being silly. You know when you are
0: like looking at <laughs> someone and you get deep and you're it's like it might have been a year ago. I'm not really sure, yeah, but uh, I had a great uh, time. Okay. But anyway, you were talking about what you've been up to and you didn't give us a ton of information. But just tell us, since quarantine has started, what you've been up to, if you're working on any projects from home.
2: I don't know if you guys have Postmates there, but at this moment, I just ordered some wine and I just Postmated it and the guy delivered it right to my door. So I'm excited about that. I hope I don't think Vince drinks. I hope, Annie, that maybe you have a glass of wine every now and again.
1: I do. A, I do a little wine.
2: You do wine?
1: A little red wine. Little Everybody red wine.
2: Because everyone thinks you're so healthy. So you don't do anything wrong. They think like you get, you're, every now and again a little red wine is good for
1: you. A little red wine is good for you. Yeah. Red, red wine. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, um so when I when I left ESPN, I started doing Titan Dave. I started working for NBC. So interest a full disclosure, I'll tell you guys. Um, I was doing a show, a nighttime show for the Olympics. I was hosting that. I have a deal where I do a couple of things with them, more than a couple. But one of them was the show that I have with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and it's called Titan Games. It's the second season. This year was great. We filmed in Atlanta where you guys are. Um, and it's coming out by uh, by fall. It's so amazing. It's a really good, I would say it's like an athletic competition show. But this year we had a lot of athletes on there. So it's going to be athletes, you know, Super Bowl champions, things like that. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. Um, And then we were doing uh, the Olympics, but they postponed them. We're doing it. I was, I was ready to go to Tokyo. I was prepared. I was working on my Japanese. But you know what? Here's, here's another thing about what we're dealing with. When I had signed the deal to do the Olympics, Everyone was like, but isn't that where? And this is when we only thought it was in China. They're like, but isn't that where that the COVID, the corona is? And I'm like, no, nah, no, there's something in China. Just so ignorant. You know what? And that, right, right literally probably January, when it was here in the States, and we were just so convinced that it was over there and it didn't have anything to do with us. And I was speaking so out of turn without any knowledge, like obviously most of us, because it just wasn't a priority for whatever reasons. And you know, a failure on whose part. I don't know, you can blame anybody, but I'm laughing remembering the conversations I would have with so many people because they're like, "Isn't that weird?" Like, and they couldn't, and, and no one knew the Rona dance. We weren't even calling it corona dance, right? We we're just like Isn't right. that, weird?
1: that thing, that, that thing, thing, that thing going on, yeah.
2: Right. So, yeah. um, and then since then, still working on the same projects. I just, ha- I feel like I'm. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like because I'm in the house and people know you're here and you don't have much, like they think you don't have much to do. You, I feel even more obligated to say yes as opposed to no. Otherwise, they're like, you know, no, yeah, I'll take that call or I'll do the interview. Yes, I'll work on that project. They turned my guest bedroom into a VO booth. I mean, look, we're all in our homes now. Like, that, right. to me, is the advent of what is happening. Like, everyone is mm-hmm. in their home working, especially if you're in TV. It doesn't matter. Like, they drop off equipment. Somebody might come up they're like, surround yourself, about, by, um, you know, with a lot of clothes because it makes it softer. The, 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 it makes the bounce back softer or whatever. Who knows? I don't know, Steve, I don't know. But like, so <laughs> 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 I, I don't know. But they put they put me in this, they put me in my room with all these clothes and they tell me to do VOs. It's crazy. And I was just like the way the ingenuity, the creativity, the way we're just figuring it out, like this is going to be a new norm that some parts will have to accept.
1: Well, let me ask you this question uh, with that. So you consider yourself a busy person, just all of the things you have to do in working Tirelessly on and on and on. Do you feel like now you're, yes, you're at home, but do you feel like you're working in overdrive now because of what's going on?
2: I feel like I'm keeping myself busy with work because I need to, otherwise, my mind will go crazy. Like I was just as busy before, but it was always events like go to this event, speak at this event interview this person it's very different it's a different kind of busy now to me now it's more about the creative part of it about the writing that I have to do or the show meetings that we have to take and the people that we have to talk to for different events I'm working on a project with Jamel so you know we have all these different things that we're working on I'm a big believer in just show then then, instead of talk about it I'm like I'll show you better than I can tell you about it but Mm -hmm. you know I that's how I feel like I'm staying busy and keeping myself on a regimen. So I don't mentally find myself in a place that's dark. I mean, I've had a couple of bad days. I've shared that. I'm just like, it's, it's hard. It's hard because one, I love sports. So there are no sports. I can't even imagine what you're doing. I can't even imagine if it's like, it's just like, this is a eight, breathe, sleep. And then you can't play it for so many of you players. I know that's your escape in more ways than yeah. one. So, sure. so there's, sure take this thing that you love so much. You just take it away from you. And I mean, mm-hmm. there are bigger problems in the world, but I think mentally for me, the kind of person I am, I keep myself on a routine. So I don't get to the point where I'm just like, I cannot take this. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think sports, uh, regardless of the sport at this point, but sports in general is like that outlet to get away from our everyday problems, our long day at work, whether you're just going to go sit on the couch and have a drink and watch basketball, a game or your favorite team or whatever. And now you turn on the TV and you don't get that you're, you're searching for it. And obviously they're putting old games on and, you know, it's cool watching some of our old games or watching some of the older games when I was younger (laughs) that pop on. And I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that I was in my twenties. You know, I think we're all thirsting for sports, whatever it is. So, I mean, I think it's cool. Everybody just being creative, trying to create different content to put on TV, like the, um, the horse challenge and all that stuff. But uh, I mean, it's just, it's a substitute for what we really want. Yeah,
2: for the real thing. It's almost like um, when you go from, this is so funny, but when you, in my opinion, when you go from being like, when you eat everything and you're like, I'm going to be a vegetarian. Like, the, But the Impossible Burger is not quite as, you know, but I enjoy it. It's still good, but it's not quite the same. So I say mm-hmm. that I try to transition and not eat anymore.
0: Right. <laughs> <ass>. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> And going back to your routine, Carrie, I know you said on Instagram that you wake up at like 5 a.m. every day. I know that's crazy,
2: right? Um, yes. Well, you know, I, was, I was on the morning show for six years and I would have to get up. When I moved here, um, I moved to L.A. when I left Connecticut and when I was in ESPN, I moved here, I think, in 2015-16 and I would get up every morning. At first, it was crazy. Oh, this is crazy. We used to get up at like 3, 3.30. And I was just like, that's dumb. And then I got it to the point where I could get up at 4.30 that was even better. Right. And so, yeah, I know. Ooh, I, was at 30, y'all. Um, I was always sleepy. I was perpetually sleepy. So, um, but still, it's still in my blood. Like I still wake up early and then I don't necessarily get up and go like I used to, but it's just in my blood. I wake up early and I find for me, if I stay on some sort of routine, cause I still interact with people on the East Coast, right? So it was eight o'clock there. So if I was getting up at nine o'clock, in LA time it's noon there I could be missing things and different opportunities I'm still Mm -hmm. I'm still a believer of there's still work to be done um Mm -hmm. but I mean of course I mean I take I'm queen of a nap like I I might take a nap in the middle of this interview
1: (laughs) (laughs) it has to happen but when you're up there early do you work out in the morning just to Mm kind of get yourself yeah okay
2: Yeah, so I do. I don't know what you guys are doing, but so before this,
1: I'm not up at five. So,
2: oh, I know you're like, I'm sorry, I'm surprised, but sleep is key, though. You need like it probably needs ton of like I need a ton Mm. of sleep, so that's why I feel like Annie. Vince, I'm not kidding. I literally will take two, three naps, like, and then some will be like power naps. But then I'll get a good like hour and forty-five in, and just be like, "All right, ready to start the day." But so I'll do yoga, uh, which is you know, you can go online anywhere and do yoga. I like a power yoga. I turn- Shoot,
1: you can look on anybody's IG live and get I get you yoga, some yoga right. Now.
2: right? <laughs> I, just, I turn on my heater and try to make it hot yoga. It's not, it's not the exact same thing, but I do do that. Mm. And then um, I, I was, I take a Pilates class. Like, there's also many different things. And then sometimes I just run my mask on. Like today, I went to the park and I just, and all of his clothes would just run around so you get an idea of how much you're doing. And that's what I did today. So mm-hmm. that was good. Like I just try to get it in in the morning, but later in the afternoon, uh, I don't, I'm not a night workout person. Are you guys, do you guys like to work out at night? Oh, you do? I can't. Like no, workout. Hmm. Uh, work out.
1: Mm-hmm. I, so after games, I used, I, I typically worked out after games and it helps you actually sleep uh, better and, and, you know, get rid of, and release some of the uh, the, the bad toxins. So I, I I can work out at night.
2: Oh, that's good. I would be yeah.
1: like, um, I'd be up all night. So well, I'm see? I see. I I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm up all night regardless, but I think th- I think it helps me kind of relax and kind of get in the mode to kind of wind down. Wind
3: yeah. down, yeah. That's yeah. I can see that.
0: Yeah, I'm sleeping in. Like the later I sleep, the less snacking and mealtime Because if I have breakfast at like seven versus 10. You know what I mean? I don't know. That might sound yeah. weird, but like, otherwise I want to be eating all day. So if I sleep in and have breakfast at like 10 AM versus earlier, then that's basically lunch. And then we're at dinner. Otherwise I'm about to be 300 pounds when we come out of here.
2: Yeah. I swear. Everybody's sitting there eating a lot. I'm not eating a lot because I am not a big, eat- I eat the right amount. I just don't eat a lot. I, my problem is I just don't want to have to drink a bottle of wine every three days. That's what I don't want <laughs> to like And that's a lot for me. Like
1: That's what you want to do or that's what you're doing? <laughs>
2: well, listen here. Well, this is a I, didn't, I, didn't,
1: I don't know. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. My bad. <laughs> this is not a family
2: <laughs>
0: podcast. You can say whatever you want.
2: No, I, I, I most definitely go. I swear to God, I've been having a bottle. Like, so it's four glasses. I'll probably have a glass a day. Like, so by the third day, it's time for oh. another. Oh, okay. <laughs> A Sounds glass good. a day is not bad, but like. Not at all. Yeah, but still, every day.
1: I don't know. I was asking. That's I, I didn't know. I was.
2: That's what I'm doing. No answer is a wrong answer. You can do whatever you <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah, you can do what you want. I have a little glass here sitting next to me, waiting to to to, to look at after we're done. It's time now. Hey. Five o'clock. Seven. What do you need,
0: Vince? What do you need to stay relaxed?
1: Uh, a basketball. That's it. <laughs> no. Nah, uh, what? uh music. <sighs> Point blank. It's <sighs> it's music. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. it, it you,
2: calms you. It chills,
1: like yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't, I could listen to an instrumental or or something with lyrics. It just, I, it's been a part of my my life for ever, ever. So That's I grew up in it. Good.
2: That's good. I love it. All right. So you are you? Do you rap?
1: I, I devil and devil. All right. For fun, it's like it's like a hobby.
2: <laughs> I listen, you got to go on my... I just literally did... Okay, so I watched Insecure a lot. And Issa Rae is always rapping on there. And it's so funny. Do you guys watch Insecure on HBO at all? You know what I'm talking I've about? I've
1: heard of it. No, I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, so the, girl, the lead actress is always rapping. And it's funny. She's from LA and she's always like mm-hmm. rapping. And she's not a rapper. But she had this one like this one little skit she did during the show, which was my favorite. And I posted it myself trying to remember it. Because I love to rap too. I have no rap ability, but I, I swear when I- You still rap, enjoy it? I, yeah. And I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to be a rapper. She's like, that's great, honey. And she was <laughs> really like, that, 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 no. So now I know what it feels like. We're creative arts together. So if you want to go, I can give you a beatbox.
1: Oh. Oh, Lord. Uh-oh. Not now. Let, let me give me some time. Let, let, we'll work it at the end. Because see, then I'm gonna ask. You're gonna have to kind of rebuttal.
0: You know what, Vince? Huh? I'm I'm be a good friend. I'm gonna be a good Go friend, ahead, I'm a good Go friend ahead, and I'm gonna do what change. You I'm gonna change the subject. No, I'm gonna change okay. the subject. <laughs> All right, Carrie. I want to know about you now. Um, since you are our guest, you were with ESPN for seven years, and then you decided to step away from them. Will you talk to us a little bit about that process? And I know that there's, you know. I'm sure information you don't want, want to give out to the public, but just kind of what went down there in your transition.
2: Yeah, I was there for eight years and that was my, and that was nothing bad went down. I just wanted to do something different. I, I think it's so funny because for people, certain places are always a destination. And mm-hmm. it, that wasn't my destination. It was a it was a step in many other things that I want to do. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I can say was that once you get to a place and you're like, this is all I can do. I can't grow anymore. I've done it. I've done it. I did, I did. Sports Center for six years. I did First Take for two years. It was great. I loved it. I, I think for me, I I came there knowing that that would not
1: be like I wouldn't. So that was not your final stop.
2: Yeah, I knew that. I think it's so weird for people who see that as the end all be all, right? And not that anything's wrong with that, because it is people's destination. People grew up watching it as a kid, as I did, and think that would be. I think that's awesome if I could do what Robin Roberts did. I think it's awesome you know, if I could do what certain people did on that, on that network. Um, But I also know is that once you get to, um, if you're as a journalist, you like to tell stories, right. And you, and as, look, as an athlete, you know what you want, you know, what gives you and drives you and keeps you motivated. And I had to really start being honest with myself and and I had to make sure that I wasn't letting um, being on TV every day, stopping what my, what my other dreams were, what my other, um, passion was because I think people get caught up in that. And I just had to yeah. really be honest in who I was because I mean I grew up in LA. I didn't I didn't grow up to be famous. As a result of what we do, so be it. But I always wanted to tell stories. I always wanted to make a difference. I always wanted to connect. And I couldn't do that anymore. Um that for me, not in a level in which I could make an impact. Um and it, it look and the, like to be truth be told, look if the rock said Carrie I want you to do the show with me, I was gonna say no it was on NBC. Right. <laughs> I was going to be like, no, I'm sorry. I'm all out. Um, so I, if yeah. I'm being, like, that's another point. Like you just, if I had, and I did have to make a choice, like in terms of, well, do I really want to go down this route? Which means I'm going to have to start doing other things. I'm going to have to step my game up and I'm going to have to, like, I was so excited about covering the Olympics and I'm like, that requires a lot of hard work and a lot of studying. And I'm not just doing basketball. I'm covering everything, sports in which I don't even watch, right? And they only come around once every four years. And I, if I'm on this stage with this host, this person that I was hosting with, that I need to be at my best. And that's the kind of challenge that I need in my life. Like, I like that. Like, that drives me. That motivates me. So I can look back and be like, wow, like, there's so many firsts that I've accomplished. I have other firsts that I still want to accomplish.
1: Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I wanted to tell you about a new podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network that we are launching this week. It's called TV Concierge. It's only available on Spotify. These are 12 to 15-minute mini-podcasts that review the latest TV shows streaming on Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, HBO, Showtime, FX, Apple TV, wherever else. We'll preview new shows that are launching. We'll break down the biggest shows that just launched. We'll review the biggest binge-watch seasons that drop as they happen. You can listen to one. You can listen to all three. It's up to you. It's our new TV concierge podcast from the Ringer Podcast Network. Think of it like a little bit of a playlist. Pick and choose the ones you want to listen to. It's available only on Spotify.
0: If you can't tell, I'm an aspiring broadcaster, so I'm going to need Vince to connect me with you after this. If you don't mind, if I could pick your brain sometime, I want to be you when I grow up. But what I'm wondering is, who did you want to be growing up? Were there any broadcasters? You mentioned Robin Roberts, like anyone else you looked
2: up to? Oh, my God, please. So I was I, there were two jobs I had. One, I was going to be a rapper. That was in eighth grade. But when I <laughs> that was that dream was quickly deferred and killed and murdered by my parents. But when I was um, seven years old, this is a true story. Like I, I remember like it was yesterday. There was two stories. One, I grew up in a, in a not so great neighborhood, right? And um, one time my cousins got the idea and I was, maybe I was younger than seven at this time, but they got the idea to start cleaning up the neighborhood. So they took these brooms from the house and all their friends got the, grabbed their brooms and started just cleaning up the neighborhood. And somehow some local news, some lady from local news saw it. And and then next thing you know, all the kids were on the local news. Right? It was like one what we call the kicker story at the very end. These kids are cleaning up their neighborhood, whatever. And I remember watching that story. We all like gathered around the TV because we went to watch it. I remember watching that story, thinking, "Wow, that's powerful." Normally, I'd see gangbangers that are black on television. That's how simple my thought process. Was. <laughs> like that's how like simple my thought process was. Like I oh, only see. So that was one instance, and then coupled with like turning. I, this is. My mom would make me turn the TV for, right? No remote control. And I'd be turning the TV. And then I remember stopping at Oprah because she was coming on her show. was national now. I guess it was becoming the Oprah Winfrey show. I just I remember staring at this lady and I was just like, wow, like whatever it was, I'm seven. I can't articulate it, but it just felt familiar. And it felt like something I wanted to do. And that, and I. I just, it just resonated with me. So forever I used to say, I want to be Oprah, I want to be Oprah, obviously the dream changes, but Oprah was obvi- my North star. I had a lot of different North stars, but she was my North star for this, this this woman from Mississippi who would talk so honestly about her problems and then also talk about how she knew when she was a kid, she was gonna speak to the world. And I think like without, I think we all know, like on this panel, like, and you say, you, you're an aspiring journalist, I would call myself a journalist if you tell stories. I know Vince knew what he probably knew, uh, when he was a kid, like there's a time in our lives when we know we are, and I don't want to say special, but we know we're called to do something that, that, that isn't for everybody. Like, um, DJ will tell me like on the show, when'd you know, when'd you know you were supposed to speak to the world? So speaking to the world could be through playing basketball, playing sports, speaking to the world could be through what I do. But I knew when I was a kid, I was supposed to be doing something. Like I felt it. I didn't know was and Oprah used to say that all the time and I'm like oh good I don't feel weird I don't feel odd I don't feel like that's why I trust my path and what I want to do because I know that I've been called to do this like I don't I didn't I think you know I we all get comfortable we all get complacent god I hate it I hate lazy it drives me insane so I felt like that's where I was in my life and I wanted to go back to what I was called to do but Oprah was by far full circle was the person that I saw, like, look at this woman. Look how she reminds me of my auntie or whomever. Like, you need to see it to believe it. And I was always in awe of her. She was a businesswoman. Like, she had her own company. She was doing it in front of the camera and behind the scenes. Have you met her before? I have a year and a half ago. My one of my really good friends. She's a DJ. She's like a, a celebrity DJ, and she was working on a sh- Oprah had. You know, Oprah putting out all these different shows on her own network, and Oprah was putting was at a park. She was DJing Oprah's party for this show. So I'm sitting there, minding my business, listening to her DJ, and uh, one of my friends was Oprah's publicist at the time, very casual friend, and she's, Hey, do you want to meet Oprah? Let's, let's do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do I want to what?
2: <laughs> what? That's like she asked me you want a million dollars. Yeah, I'm right. There. right. I, I can use yeah. that. I can use an over a yeah. Like, yes, get the intro. <laughs> <laughs> so so she goes, she goes, she'll be up here in a few minutes to have some tequila. And I was like, What? And she was like, Yeah, I was like, Are you kidding me? So this is hilarious because when she walked up, you know, it was like, all these people were like all around her, all around her, all around her. Guys, girls, old, young, whomever, right? And I was like, I'm not going to get my chance to meet her. I know i whatever, whatever. So my friend just grabs my hand. She's like, Oprah, she whispers something. She's like, a She's a bra- broadcaster. listen and sports and something. Some, I don't know. And then so I just, <laughs> this is yo. This is so embarrassing. So she comes over to say hi. All right, I walk up to say hi, like I'm five. I grab her hand. And I just hold on to it really, really tight. And I can see in my peripheral security's like, we've got a clinger. <laughs> <laughs> We cleaner. Like, it. well, it's like, see, it's like the NSA talking in there. But yeah, no, yeah, no. She's wearing some shorts and it looks like she, it, okay, she's crazy. Should we get her? Like you can see, they were like, is this woman about to lose her mind? Cause I grabbed her hand. I'm holding it so tight. And I could not, y'all already know. I could not stop myself. I just started crying, but it was like, it was like, it was like, <laughs> Like thug tears were coming
1: down
2: like <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. I was like, you are the reason I do what I do, Oprah. And she just and she and she kind of just held my hand and she was shaking. My head. Like, trust me, this happens overall the
1: time. I was just about to say, she's she's been through this, so she knows. Let me hold your hand, console you, and then say, hey, dream big.
2: <laughs> dream big. Dream big. That is essentially how I went. She just basically held my hand like, if you don't stop crying, security gonna grab you. Don't chill out, little girl. It was really sweet. Yeah. So we had it. That was my upper moment. And I took that picture with her because that's all I cared about. And then my friend blew it up. She's so cute.
1: Speaking of dreaming, brown girl's dream.
2: Oh, yes. That's my favorite Go. Thing to talk about. I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. So I created this foundation two years ago. Um, it was, and I wanted to do this, believe it or not, like my first year at ESPN. And then someone was like, yeah, just wait, just, you know, take a beat. And what they meant by that was, and they're in very nice way, was like establish yourself before you start becoming the person to give out interviews and advice and, you know, put yourself in some, you know, through some times before you can start giving out advice. But I used to always get emails, I still do, from young girls, like I want to do what you want to do. I, and I felt very overwhelmed by the emails and the DMs. I just felt overwhelmed and I, and I couldn't respond to them all. Um, and my heart was really like, I'm so mean, I'm not responding, but there was just no way. So I called up like 15, 20 of my really good girlfriends and I said, I need you guys to help me. You guys are all very successful, but still selfish. I need you guys to give back and I need you guys to take on the <laughs> key because y'all are so fabulous and great and rich and all that stuff. I need to give back. Um, and then they were like, okay. And literally, that's how the conversation went. So I created a website. I got billboards made. I, I created an application. I hired somebody who worked with foundations. And I said, hey, I want to start my foundation. Let's do a fundraiser. So I did a fundraiser at Uninterrupted for the very first, the first year that we did it, which was great. We raised a lot of money. And then that's when I started to accept applications. And so the reason, the way that I decide to welcome the girls and I have a big retreat every year at UCLA, which is where I went to school. And they come, they fly from all over. They stay for the weekend, they get to know each other. And then I let them meet their mentors and they start their relationship there. And then it's up to the mentee at that point to really pursue it. Because sometimes we fall off and we don't answer calls and we don't do that. But I really, me personally, I try to have a relationship with each one of the girls. So the first year we had 25 girls and we had 15 mentors. This year we had 20. Um, I think I'm going to go smaller and smaller because I'm really about the experience as opposed to the quantity. Uh, But this year, we were going to have this big thing in Atlanta. It was going to be a a retreat for all women of all ages because we had a lot of sponsorship. You see what happened. Everybody's plans are on hold. But yeah, no, it's a great program. I have so many. So Jamel Hill is a mentor. Like, can you imagine being 21 and Jamel calling you and giving you advice? Like, get out of here. Like, I wish I had that growing up. Like, I literally would, or like when I had the retreat, I had some of my friends, Kalon Butler came by and spoke to the girls about being in sports because a lot of the girls are collegiate athletes. The list of people, my friend Bozema St. John, she's the CMO of Endeavor. She was the the CMO of Uber. When I did all those Uber commercials, she hired me. So she's a mentor. Um, I can't even think. The list goes on and on and on of the great people that I have a part of it. But it really is changing lives. It's really
1: good. Young women today, they need it. I That's think. for uh, young. Yeah, I, I'll say young men and women, but for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, with the with the world the way it is today and the mentality.
2: I wish I was a guy. I would do it for men. Like I would love it for guys. Like I feel like, especially young brown men, they needed us. They need so many. You know this better than anybody. I can't speak to. Them. I think one of my other big passions too is that I've been working on is mental health for athletes. I think I love the idea of more and more athletes speaking out about it and that, and it takes the stigma away. But last year, um, at Aspen, um, festival at at Aspen ideas festival, I did something with Jamar and Kevin and it was great. And I thought to myself, I wish we were like, to me, there's so much more to that. That was one of the many things that I would have loved to do on a larger platform and what I'm working on doing on a larger platform. Because no one's talking about that.
1: Like that's a huge deal. For sure, I, I know Trey talked about it a little bit, and he's trying to do something with that as well. And you know, I, I think hearing you know the stars of our league talk about uh, mental, mental health issues and and their uh, personal stories and, and and issues with it is is a is a huge start for these young athletes and and young kids in general who are just so sheltered and, and afraid to talk about it because they feel like you know, they're different or, yeah. or, or they're picked on because of it. And, you know, it, it shouldn't be that way. And that's why I think kids are, are so sheltered now. Um, just because, and, and it, it just takes to get it out sometimes for these kids to kind of grow and become the person they want to be.
2: It takes forever, but that's good. Like it's all, it's all good. Like I'm, I think that everything, like, what are you going to do differently? I'm sorry. I have such a bad habit of asking questions, but I feel like, I feel like I can't help it. Sorry. Occupational hazard. But what are you going to do differently? Vince? Now, when the, when you get back in terms of when this is all said and done, are you, will you love basketball more? Are you going to retire? You know, you ain't got to break no news to me right now, but my point is it's like everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody is doing something differently now in terms of what people are living or how they treat their family.
1: For me, I think it's, it's already set in stone. I, I mean, depending on how this goes, I I, I plan on phase two of of my life and and that's in in broadcasting. Mm. So, uh, oh yeah. And, and, you know, basketball, I either have a few games left or, you know, I've made my last shot and had my, my, my last days of, of the game of basketball in 22 years. So I'm prepared either way, but my goal now, my vision is moving forward to. Right into phase two. So this is why, you know, these zoom calls that we do and still continue to do the podcast. This is just an opportunity to kind of continue practice. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to take the summer. Well, my goal was to take the summer to decide which step company direction I wanted to go in, you know, uh, uh, just continue to do the things that I was doing, you know, um, finals, Summer league, the junior NBA uh, tournament. So those are the things that I'm I'm continuing to do. And at the end of the summer, I was going to decide yeah. where you know my fate lands me. But that's where I, I am. So I'm I'm prepared. I'm ready. Um, I you know it's I would
2: be it's breaking up. You you you're, you're not breaking up because that's not the right word. But like I was talking to D D Wade about this, I was like like what do you miss? He was like, my body just can't do it anymore. Like that's what he was saying. Like his big thing is, it's like his, but I was like, that's a relationship. Like you breaking up with your wife or your girlfriend or whatever it is. However you, because I, any even leaving ESPN, that's a breakup. Like that. Was
1: that, that was a question I was going to ask you earlier. Like how how tough was it to the realization, but to come to that decision yeah. that you know what I'm ready to move on. And how did you know? Because it's like you can say that. Yeah. You can say, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. Blah blah yeah. blah. But sometimes we say it and don't actually internally mean it yeah. until we take that step towards that that door. Yeah. And the second question to that is that final day, where you like, yes, it's time. I'm ready, or it's kind of like, all right, guys, it's my last day, but I don't want it to be. No, if you know what I mean. Yeah, if you know what I mean.
2: I, okay, so I think I had in my mind two years before. I had been quietly thinking about this and thinking what, about that. Um, I If I'm honest, I'd say two years before I left. I had already knew and, and what had stopped me was Here's the stuff that obviously a normal person. Uh, oh, what is, you know, dang, um i'm not gonna be doing this I won't be able to go to all the finals I won't be just silly things things that didn't even it wasn't like
1: but that was, it's a part of you though that was something you enjoyed and you look forward to
2: but was i able to did i love it enough to stay just just to go to finals like i can buy my own tickets I can ask my own defense to give me a ticket I can go and calm up like there were there were there were ways for me to in, still enjoy it and not necessarily like I needed to be in the scene and have the access. Okay so I literally like this I digress a bit. So like I always take Beyonce for example like and she's everybody's everything but she doesn't need to be on the scene all the time. A lot of people have to put themselves out like on social media and be cute and be sexy. She'll just drop 10, 20 pictures and all right y'all hold this should hold y'all over. <laughs> And so, for a
1: good month or two. Yeah, mm.
2: I'll be back. Like, she doesn't have to be everywhere just to be seen. She's not at every party. And there, to me, um, was some respect in that because you do have to know when you wear your welcome out. You do have to know when it's time for you to move Wars. on to something more, right? And I don't think people are self aware. For me, I had two years before I'd been feeling it. It wasn't quite right, but I had been feeling it. And I had been looking for other opportunities and no one really notices, but I was doing, you know, sideshows. I was always doing a side show. I was filling in and hosting on other stuff. I was always looking for an opportunity to fit in or just f- to see what felt different. See What
1: was right. Right.
2: Right. What felt right. Like, let me, just mm-hmm. let me, let me do my internship, if you will, in these other places and see if it works. Um, and then, so when it was time, it happened without like giving out all the details like of it without being rude or mean or like giving somebody else's confidence away. So when it was time, I was presented with this wonderful opportunity and it was lucrative and it was, and it was silly if I said no to it and, and it made sense. And I was like, okay, well it's time. And I had already said, if I, if I can't If I can't do both, I'm only gonna do one. So if I can't do both gigs, I'm only gonna do one. And I've done this one for eight years, so it's fine. And and this other one, I would be crazy to turn away because of what it pays me and because of what it does. Like the list went on, there were too many, and paid was like fourth on the list, but the list went on of all the wonderful things that it was affording me and what it was gonna open doors for me to do. And so I was like, this is it, it couldn't be any easier. Why am I gonna stay put doing the same thing and not try to really finally take this leap and put myself in a position to be comfortable. Like what you said, you're going to take the summer. I this was that was my summer. I was like, okay, it's fine. You're like, I'm good. Like no matter what happens, I'm good either way. You weigh the pros and cons, and I always tell people that. Like I made a very thoughtful decision. What I had to be sure of was not allowing someone else's fears or someone else's comments or someone else's idea of what they thought I had be a part of what I thought I was missing. Mm-hmm. Right? Does that make sense? Very and then much. my last day, I was like, deuces, bruces, I miss all y'all. But <laughs> I gotta go. I got I mean I do like don't get me wrong. It was Kobe the week that Kobe died. It I mean, that broke my heart. Kobe, I mean, look, Vince, you know, and Kobe meant a lot to me. And Kobe was my childhood. He narrated my childhood. He knew he helped me understand and, and he helped me love this this sport of basketball. Like I grew up here. I can't tell you his Kobe is, if like, if you are a Laker fan, which I've been since I was a kid, you're a Laker fan when you're five and Kobe comes, but when Kobe leaves, you're 25, so you know nothing about him. So if you're 20 when Kobe comes, you 40 when Kobe retires. Like, um, look at these two decades this man put in here. You know what I mean? And so that was my last week, and to me, perfect farewell. That was a perfect farewell for me.
1: Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the whole Kobe thing, you know, because he, he, he passed on my birthday. That was, uh, yeah, that was my birthday. Uh, we played, we were playing the wizards, I think, Annie, right. Yeah. Or something like that. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, it was, this it, it was the craziest thing. We were in meetings and obviously when you hear the news, it was kind of like what birthday, you know, people were trying to say, Oh, I enjoyed the best game. It wasn't even about me. It was about him. And, you know, we were, you know, at each other's neck, obviously for all these years and we played AAU ball together and had the conversation about, Retirement, because I was, you know, I've already said this many times, but that was one of the things that I, you know, I would just talk about all oh, the end is near, but I would never say the word retirement. Like, if you say it, then we'll run it, but I couldn't say it. And just talking with him, uh, that, that, that night in Jersey, just hearing him and seeing how happy he was, he was like, I'm the happiest I've ever been in retirement and just knowing him. And obviously he's accomplished so much and wonderful pinnacle moments for him, but. And that's when I was like, yeah, I can say it. Retirement. He's like, you're going to be great. You're going to, you're going to be great at it. You're going to enjoy it. We'll, we'll chat. We'll chat about it. You know, we'll get back on the call and we'll talk about some of the things and steps I took to get to this point. And that kind of put me at ease and, and, and helped me look forward to life after basketball because of that conversation. So it was just, um, a devastating moment for, you know, obviously. Everybody who were his, you know, his everything, like you said, and and, and looked up to him and appreciated um, his competitiveness, and uh, you know, and just as a friend and as a competitor and, and a, an opponent for so many years, it was just, it's still wowing. It still is. It's is, it,
2: like this city is still a mourning. I mean, I know we're all dealing for sure. With COVID, I can imagine. But- When I got up and went to work, now mind you, I told you, I would have to, and that was like that last two weeks I was there, this was going down, I would have to be in the office like at 5.30. I saw a guy, this is, wasn't even during the memorial, before the memorial, but I saw a guy park his car right next to mine because we were overlooking Staples and we're right there in the court where they made the memorial. It's 5.30 in the morning. Got his truck had on his Kobe jersey, and just went and walked to where all the flowers were, the makeshift memorial, and just started praying. And I was like, that to me is a perfect example of what he meant to the city. But I don't have a friendship with him like how you had, like, and, and battle him and respect him. But it was, I mean, I tell you, 2020 has been shitty. But I... I, I, I It's been shitty. I don't, I don't know if we're saying that right here. But... That's fine. Yeah, okay. I, <laughs> That's fine. I felt like I wish he had we could see his second act, but his second act was already there. He had already started his second act and put it well in place for everybody else to follow his footsteps.
1: Yeah. And it's and they said, you know, just listening to some people talk in the business world, They said his mentality in the business world was one the same. And uh but at the same time his comfort and his happiness and his glow was watching obviously his kids yeah. grow up and yeah. coaching and, and, and just doing for them. And, and it was just, I think that's what makes it even more devastating and tough to, to kind of handle. Yeah. I don't
2: know. It's, um, I don't think that anybody, I mean, like, you just don't have it's going it
1: to, it's going to, it's going to take a, a year or two. I mean, because it's always that, that first, you know, you remember obviously his last game and obviously next year, uh, come January, 26, which I'll never forget, <laughs> uh, you know, you're going to always remember yeah. when this happened. So, yeah.
2: I, it's it's not weird. The message has to be in the only way that I can make sense of it for me is that you think of that. I, one person, like, I remember some reading this, one person's life really shocked, changed, touched the entire globe.
1: But all of a sudden though, for you as a Laker fan or LA as diehard Lakers, uh for, for mostly L.A. Uh, Laker fans. yeah, <laughs> you, you, you uh you know, you love them. And then if you're anyone else <laughs> in the NBA uh, as a fan, you hated them yeah. pretty much, you know. And after that, that 60-point night in retirement, the, the world like loved and embraced him. You know, and it's just amazing. It, it was just amazing to see how that worked.
2: You hate you. Uh, the same would be for LeBron. You, people hate greatness for whatever reasons. Um, and then when... They're no longer a threat. You seem to appreciate them. Same thing with Muhammad Ali. People hate that man. And he, when he passed away, it was a damn near national holiday. He was hated. And we don't know because I, before our time, but when people are great and they're aware of their greatness and they don't play the game, right? You don't go about the game, the, the off-the-court game the way you should. People don't appreciate that. But then when they're gone, you're like, wow, that. I miss that intensity. I miss that edge. I miss that this, that, and a third. So yeah, no, it's like that. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how this is all when we get through COVID and how they do the movies and the stories because he had so much. He had crews following him all the time. So I know there's some stuff that we'll see when the world is ready to see.
0: It. And we're all looking forward to that. We replayed um, that 26 game on Fox the other night and it was just so weird. Like I only watched it for a minute because it was too, like it was an emotional because you remember the exact feeling Of that night. Yeah, (laughs) I'm
1: glad I didn't see that. Yeah. Welcome to the league.
0: Before we close, Carrie, we have a segment that's called Welcome to the League, where our guest tells us when you really knew that you made it. You know, whether that's the broadcast, Pinnacle or ESPN. And we'd like to hear one really embarrassing story, especially for me, because I mess up a lot. And I would love to hear about when someone else messes up. And then also um, just like when you were like, holy crap, I really made it.
2: Well, first of all, Annie, as you say that, you're, you are know, as you enter this world and this two events, Live television is always an opportunity for you to be embarrassed. So embrace it and move on. Like you will be humbled by live TV. You you'll get it wrong. You'll say a name wrong. You will go out and forget something. And then some days you just own your shit. You just the best there is, and so nobody can tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs>
3: right. You, right, you know,
2: right. My my boss said you're only as good as your last live shot. This is when I was a local news reporter. Meaning you're only as good as your last performance. Like that. It may happen that way in basketball too. People have short term memory. They forget how good For you sure. are. Like I bought yeah. out tonight. Okay, so what? somebody dunked on me? Whatever. Like you know. So it just it it varies. It ebbs and it flows. So television. Is nothing for me, an opportunity to be humble as hell. So my producer um, was like, we was going to play a game with Big Boy. It's called Bad or Bougie. Remember? Because that was a a hot song at the time. So we went through a list of things that were bad and bougie. And he was just like, bad, bougie, bad, bougie, bad, but trying to be cute and clever with with, with Big Boy, right? So um, I said, your dog, you have a dog named Halle Berry. Is she bad or is she boozy? You remember? He's like, she did. I, I do now. She's like, she did. I was like, oh. and I, I remember looked, this. <laughs> I was, I was like, I had on a red dress. My face was red. I turned and I look at my producer. I'm like, bitch, you didn't notice this dog was dead. And then so, <laughs> so I'm saying that to myself. Cause I'm like, yo. And then I like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Cause I felt so bad. But then he made it even funnier. He was like, it's my wife died. I don't care. Oh no! <laughs> and then he was like, he was like, he lived in Atlanta. He's a, a bird came down and ate it. It was a tiny thing. I was like, are you okay? He's like, an eagle came and ate the bird. I mean, ate the dog. He's <laughs> he, he like, just swooped it up. And Greg was just like one of those small ones. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I was, it was this one big debacle after another, what after another. I, I'm literally, and my producer. She's not even on TV. We're hollering, laughing, right? She's covering her face. She's like, "Oh my god, I'm so uncomfortable." I'm like, "Imagine being on my television." You <laughs> and
1: the one that said it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then,
2: and then um, when I made it, the moment I made it, Toronto All Star, I was sitting at we we're at Michael Jordan's party, and it was me and Jamel and some other people, and we we're just talking. I had been on sports for about a year and a half. She had. Been on his and hers full time for about a year and a half too. We're just chatting, chatting, chatting. And everybody's waiting for Michael to come through. So Michael is coming to go upstairs to the VIP. He stops and he looks at me. And he goes, "How are you doing?" And I just look at him like, "Who is he talking to?" And I was like, "I'm, I'm fine. How are you?" He <laughs> was like, "Hey y'all." The first thing he went, "I'm like, does he think we dated?" What the? I don't I, was like, I don't know this man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Why is he saying hi to me? And I, the, I mean, you have to understand. Where I come from like y'all are famous Vince y'all are famous like you know Brad Pitt's famous being a television reporter being on, like, that's not famous like not to me so I was just like I was just looking at him like do you know and then so I get real nervous because I don't know what to say because he was like I've been good I'm so glad to see you here so now at this point my armpits are wet so I just tapped Jamel he's behind me like, hey, yeah, no. hey, hey hey, my picture wet. come talk to hey Jamel hey you know this guy He's played basketball before can you come over here and talk to this guy <laughs> so please this year, yeah and so she's like hey what's up now she's feeling nice and so she's talking to him so i'm feeling like okay we all can talk his wife is there he introduces us to his wife he sits he be, talks to us for no lie arguably 45 minutes outside of the the vip booth we asked him everything from under the sun once i settled down but meantime though people were walking over him trying to get his attention like yeah i'll be with you in a minute and just something just shooting it with us like so anyway yeah no 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 i didn't want to look i wasn't the one who got isaiah kicked off the other 15 that wasn't me Jamel. like it was the best story ever he was like i didn't have nothing to do with it He was like look you know who isn't i look people say i'm the greatest but i can't say i'm the greatest like that's just and i'm just like this whole conversation is Crazy. Like crazy. Like this and is. And
1: you're a, privy to, you're like there. And I'm
2: like, I was like, who's your favorite player? He was like, I pay money out of my pocket right now to see Russell. This is sort of like, like Russell played like me with that fire, but Kobe was closest to me. Kobe closest to me. He the one that's really me. That's my dog. And then I was just yeah. like, he, he is? Tell me like this. Is, I'm trying not to lose my mind. I'm trying to be cool. You're right. So that was funny. But literally in my mind, I'm like, he don't know. Why is he talking to me? He think, Why does he think he know me? And then and she then, uh, was like, oh, he obviously watched you. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. But that was I was like, I made it.
1: So <laughs> like he came up to me and uh-huh. said, what's up? <laughs> hey,
2: and, I, and I looked around like somebody help me. He's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So will you be watching um, his documentary?
2: Oh, my gosh. Vince, like, I cannot wait. Because you have to realize, being a Laker fan, he killed Magic Johnson's career to me. When he came in, I, I was I was really sure that, like, Magic was going to make a comeback and he was going to be great. And then, then Jordan was this everything. And I was like, I don't like him that much. Just being a Laker fan, you know what I mean? Kind of like how I didn't like LeBron because everybody forgot about Cole. I'm like, what about Cole? Why do just, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, so I can't wait to watch it because of course I, I am, I know, I know that he is be greatest, but I will always say Kobe is, I will always say Kobe.
1: Is. And let me tell you that I think to, to, for the conversation and, and I think this is going to be great for basketball, especially right now because yeah. people at home and they get a chance to watch it and really pay attention yeah. to it and, and, and break it down. But because of all of the the, the, the debates between the three of them, and for the generation that did not get an opportunity to see Mike play, um, I think you're going to go back and see these highlights. And they're going to still say, oh, it's because it's different. It's this, that's that. But we tend to forget. Mike played in, in the era where hard fouls and hand checking was allowed. <laughs> and he's still doing this to be considered the greatest. You know what I'm saying? So you you have to take that in consideration. So I think when people watch this, you're going to be wowed at his dominance and just still remember these guys were trying to take him out not just guard him. Yeah. And I, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to, to be able to play against all three of these guys. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've been around that long. So it's yeah. going to be, it's just dope for me to, it's going to be dope for me to see. it's kind of. going to be and a
2: memory lane for you. Like,
1: yeah, exactly. And it's okay. going to be dope, Um, you know, to when it's all over to sit there and say, you know, when these people have these debates and you read them on social media, I can just sit back and, and it's tough to have an opinion. I, it's like you said, Michael Jordan, you consider the greatest and, you know, I, I consider him the, the greatest just because I mean, he, he what he accomplished uh, is just outstanding, I, I, and these other two, Kobe and LeBron, the same. So it's it's always going to be yes a debate yes and for but for me to sit back and hear it, and can put myself in the actual moments, like I was playing when Michael Jordan was playing when he was doing this, I was playing when Kobe Bryant was doing this, I was playing when LeBron James was doing. So it's just a cool time for me, and it's great always great to hear. And sometimes I hear stuff and like. You know what people say, like, oh, but Mike didn't, did? Yeah, but but Mike was Mike, man, and Kobe was Kobe, and LeBron is LeBron. Yeah, right. real. It's just real,
2: and they all deserve their their own. Respect. You know, the problem- absolutely, everybody has to be put in the. They're this versus this. That's where we we forget the nuance of the greatness of everybody once we see them against one another.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Carrie, so much. Thank you guys so much for having me. It
2: was such a pleasure. Annie, I'm here to help you with anything. And just good luck, okay?
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate
2: that. (laughs) Bye, you guys. Be safe, okay?